and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back to our uh, week six review. Uh, it seems like the season's going far too fast. I'm your host, Liam, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick, who I can no longer say has the O next to his record for his favourite team. He's now officially won loss on the board. How are you doing, mate? Well, I, I, I must say, mate, the, the, the O was hanging over me, so I'm glad it's gone, you know what I mean? I didn't want it to become a burden as the longer it goes on. <laughs> it's got to get one out of the system. That's it. Yeah, that's... yeah. What I will say is actually it was a funny reaction to see the Eagles and Niners both losing on the same night and the different reactions from the fans, to be honest. So it was like Eagles were like, burn everything down. Is that very Eagles fans online? Is that Yeah, like... yeah. Not very uh, good at losing the game that perhaps you thought you weren't going to lose. But uh, <laughs> that's uh that's definitely fair yeah crazy week obviously two like we just said we talked about it but two o's have gone um some terrible crazy quarterback play some amazing defenses uh some red zone worries some pretty bad primetime games but overall uh i'd say the slate actually ended up being more fun to watch than I thought going into it it's worse, but I am looking forward already to week seven slate, which is a lot better than the games uh, we got to watch this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think uh, 6 p.m. red zone provided some uh, interesting yeah. games. I wouldn't say it was all great football, though. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of a theme uh, that we can talk about throughout the episode, but uh, yeah, not great football uh, from some teams. Um well, we're here to review week six and we're here to go through the good, bad and the surprising. And we're also going to end with our usual speed round, which has four games this week. Um, so why don't you start? Oh, actually, I should do scores on the doors. Um, after a, a thrilling Monday night football, the Oof. only difference that we had, uh, I win the week 11-10, which is our highest combined score so far. Uh, and we are now tied 47-47 for this five weeks of the season we've done it for, mate. So... The Cowboys got me back on the board, but we'll talk about that game in a bit. Um, why don't you start? Go wherever you want. Good, bad, surprising. Where do you want to kick off this week six review? Uh, let's go good. And you know what? I'll go to the 5-1 and one Detroit Lions. They're still sitting the third seed in the NFC, but are kind of looking more and more like... I mean, I know it's only 20 points on the board, but they really did control the entire game of offence and defence. It limited the Bucks' offence, which perhaps is limited itself, but they kind of limited the two best guys, Godwin and Evans. They kind of kept them in check for most of the game. But I just thought all round, they controlled the clock really really well they were so efficient on third down nine for 16 ah oh, man i just think that they're looking like a really really good strong team in the nfc i think i don't know whether i'm ready to go put them on a pedestal with kind of the eagles and the niners but on the flip side to me saying that is i think in four weeks time that the lions will have a much better record than the eagles will so it's yeah, it's interesting time to be in Detroit. This is kind of a get trap game. Bucks coming off a bye, you know, great defense that the Bucks have got. But yeah, we're well, so impressed. So impressed. Jared Goff as well. He was he was really good. Thirty of forty four for three five three, two touchdowns, no mistakes at all. I mean, the running game was quite poor actually, 
But um, yeah, they got was. a lot of injuries. They got injuries back there. But when you can kind of control the game through the air like that, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is he's going up a notch <laughs> as well this season. He looks absolutely awesome. So yeah, so impressive Detroit this week. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, you're right, actually, about Armand Ra. I know we spoke about him a bit after week two. Um, but he's been injured a little bit as well, hasn't he? So to come back and put up these big numbers, um, very impressive. It's, it's probably Jared Goff's, including the year where the first 10 weeks of the season he was kind of lights out, including that Chiefs-Rams game. This is probably his best season so far. I know it's only through six weeks, but statistically it's his best through six weeks. But just watching him, mate, it does feel like he's more comfortable than I've ever seen him. I'm not saying he's some top five elite quarterback, but they've definitely found a way to make him comfortable. And he, he seems like he's limiting his mistakes now, which lets his good players kind of speak to themselves a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, if he is, like, like we're seeing, limiting those big mistakes, I mean, yeah, I mean, look out. Because, I mean, you say when he was at Rams, it was, and he had the success, it was kind of like the scheme that they were running up, you know, and everything. But this time, I just feel like just solid, fundamental quarterback play where he doesn't force anything all the time yeah. so yeah yeah really good they can win in a number of ways as well and the schedule looks good for the lions to be honest with you i mean i'm not going to say that they're going to get the number one seed but they should be in there for the one seed up there with the niners i think pushing the eagles down into probably most likely third position yeah, they've got a fun game next week. Ravens on the road, that's an all-time Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really interesting game. New Year's Eve as well, by the way. The slate has ended up being... We've got Bengals Chiefs, followed by Cowboys Lions. That is a pretty... Uh, I don't know what the game is before that, but that is a fun double act to uh, to end the night on. But you're right, yeah, their schedule is a lot easier than the Eagles. I don't really can't remember what the 49 schedule is like. Um I'm not sure if it's better or worse than the Lions. But yeah, you are right. middling, it's nothing like the Eagles' schedule. Yeah, so arguably the Lions should be uh, right up there. But yeah, you make Dan Campbell uh, prove, proving you wrong here. I think one thing he is good at is clearly assembling a staff. Do you know what I mean? Like His offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are very good. Like The play calling is always good. It feels like they don't make loads of kind of in-game decision errors, which are many of the coaches we'll talk about today um, make. And they've got pretty good talent. I still say the roster is probably performing higher than the talent, which is great. That's a good sign for them as coaches. And I think as the years go on, they can only add to that talent. But uh, I think the defense is a lot better than, uh, than me and you both thought. I've heard um, Benjamin Solak talk about this a lot. Do you think they need to trade for a star? Like, are they so all in now? Jared Goff looks like he's probably going to get an extension. Is this time for them to make a trade for a, I don't know, Brian Burns, uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a um, Buda Baker, like someone that is going to be a top, top player in, in the playoffs? Is it is it time for them or do you think they should just kind of go with what they've got? Because they're in a good position if they do want to uh, add a weapon or add a... I always think that you should look to capitalize on what you have you know and they, they got to look around the nfc and think to themselves well we're top three so we 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 have a kind ish schedule we're top three in the nfc we've not been in this situation for for a very very long time what can you do without kind of farming everything away and you know bankrupt in the future so you know if you can get well i would say if you could get a defensive kind of stall like you say like a burns or 
a Buddha Baker for a good price. I wouldn't pay too much for Burns. I think what Carolina were talking about in the summer, I can't quite remember what it was, but it, it was ridiculous anyway for, for kind of what you'd pay. I wouldn't overpay, but if you can get someone for a fair price, I would do it. Not sure about a Hopkins or something like that, to be honest with you, but... Um, yeah, on defense, if they added another piece in, I think uh, I think the defense, I think that's actually going to be the way to go in the NFC. I'm not saying that would win you the Super Bowl, but in the NFC, I think adding in the the, the defensive player would be um, yeah, optimal. Yes, um, two two first round picks and a second round pick is what the Rams allegedly offered for Brian Burns. No, and, I won't uh, be touching that if I'm Detroit. All I say is if I'm the Panthers. I can't, it's crazy they rejected that and then still haven't paid him a contract. Like, if you think he's good enough to reject two ones, he should be the highest played player in the NFL by now. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah, he should be the highest paid player, but if you're willing to turn that down, it makes no sense. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I actually do agree with what Ben Solak said, that they should add a player. I'm not against it being a weapon, but yeah, it needs to be the right weapon, whoever whoever that is. Um, there's just some teams, I think, that are probably doing better than everyone thought that makes it a bit difficult. Like Mike Evans is probably not a player that's gettable anymore, like he might have been. Um, but yeah, there'll be someone on one side of the ball that they can make moves. But yeah, they look really good, really well coached. Uh, from the Bucks, I just think it's one of them games. I don't think there's much we we need to talk about from them. It's a tricky game. Lions are a very good team. Bucks three and two now, probably a record they're pretty glad to have. Baker wasn't as good, but he still wasn't completely awful at costing the game. Um, all I would say is that they just need to improve the run game. If they're going to win games at Baker Mayfield, because I thought the run game last couple of weeks has been uh, pretty poor from the Bucks, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, why don't we stick on the uh, the good then? Uh, and we'll do a team that I don't normally put in the good section because of uh, who their quarterback usually is. Um, but I'm going to go for the Browns' defense, mate, uh, which is now on track as like the third best defense of all time by yards, points, uh, fourth of all time, first downs it's given up. Uh, they do beat the San Francisco 49ers 1917. Um, a lot of talk are uh, they just missed a kick, and if they make that kick, then everyone's saying Brock Purdy kind of wins another close game. What a player! But for me, I, st- I think you have to still remember, as much as I hate him, Philip Walker was the quarterback, not Deshaun Watson. Uh, so for them to win this game, and even for it to come down to just a field goal, was extremely impressive for me. Uh, and Jim Schwartz, someone I was a bit worried about as a hire this offseason. Um, Turn up one of the best hires in the NFL, mate, because this defense definitely, definitely is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and I think the run game will be good enough to give people some issues. And we'll get to the last three weeks of the season if you're a Browns fan. I think you're going to have two, three, four games to go and say, right, okay, we could make the playoffs at this point. I'm not, I don't think they will, but I think they'll be able to get to the last two or three games in the shout. And um, that's a good position to be in for a franchise. I know the fans have had a hard couple of years, especially with the, the weird trade they did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first thing I would say on this game is, uh, if you could see me in my living room, you would think I was born and bred Cleveland because my behaviour <laughs> was just an embarrassment. <laughs> Probably deserve. Good job I don't post any of these kind of things on Twitter because I would definitely deserve the Eagles to get beat by the Jets later on in the game. But, um, mate, honestly... Did you notice this when they were driving um, to get the field goal? Jim Swartz had his car. He was kind of like bent over and he was smirking. I was just like, this guy has come up with a game plan for today that no one else has even got near this season. He was absolutely loving life, even though you know they gave up a forty-one yard 
field goal in the end. Obviously, obviously it went wide, but, uh, you know, bend but don't break, I guess, on the last thing. But, you know, I mean, before that drive, I mean, Purdy only had one-yard throw in, in the second half, and these first half okay. really bad as well. It just looked... Not everyone has a defence like Cleveland, but, you know, it did kind of... Deficiencies showed up for the elite teams in the NFC this weekend. And the Niners, definitely. I mean, when McCaffrey went out, that just shows to me that he is definitely the MVP of that team because the kind of... The, the easy passes have gone when when McCaffrey is out of the game. Just the just what he can do in the kind of the dump-off game and the routes he runs and just the people he then draws in, just the skill level, it just makes that uh, makes it easy for anybody, not just Brock Purdy at quarterback, but, but for everybody all throughout his career. So, yeah, yeah, really interesting game. I thought it was absolutely gripping, to be honest with you. I think there's probably yeah, so far the most kind of uh, to that level in the, in the season so far, especially, mate, with P.J. Walker. At quarterback, it's like, I mean, we were written it. we kind of written that game off as I'd completely written the game off before it yes, started. Yeah. But, you know, the Browns, I mean, they were okay as well on offense. I mean, Jerome Ford was really good. He broke a couple of uh, really good plays. And um, Kareem Hunt, whilst not that a great average, he made some big plays during the kind of the late drives for the Browns. So, yeah, overall, mate, absolutely gripping game. But that defense is... So, so good. I'm glad the Eagles have not got the Browns on the schedule, to be honest, because the schedule's already hard enough without seeing (laughs) this defence on there. And by the way, when Miles Garrett threw Trent Williams on the floor, that was absolutely... Have you seen that? That is absolutely magical. Just one-armed him to the floor. I was like, you shouldn't be doing that to a human like Trent (laughs) Williams' size. So, yeah. All around great. What a game. Yeah, crazy. It was fun. It was a fun game. I'm not normally the world's biggest fan, as everyone listening knows, of uh, low-scoring games. But, um, yeah, this was a, yeah, a really good game. It actually went over the total as well, because the total ended at 35.5. So it scraped over as well, the uh, the final total did, which was quite fun for anyone that bet the uh, bet the over. But Miles um, Garrett was pretty good, like, or oh, insane the whole game, to be honest. And shout-out to um, Davin Thompson as well, defensive tackle, because he was different level especially in that second half those two kind of dominated the game with some good man-to-man play calling from the from the Browns in the secondary as well so yeah really good and like you said CMC got injured um Debo Samuel got injured Trent Williams got injured uh feels like CMC is actually the biggest worry uh, I haven't seen anything today because I've been busy at work so I could be wrong here but he was getting an MRI on his oblique injury whereas the other two seemed like day-to-day um so we have to watch that because yeah Purdy didn't look great but yeah, great defense. It is hard for him to look great. So I don't want to take too much from Purdy from one game. I just stick to what I think me and you said before that he's play, definitely playing better than we thought, but he's not a uh, elite or even a very, very good quarterback. He's just probably good. I think he's surpassed that. Like, uh, He doesn't do anything for the offense. I think he's probably just a good quarterback now, kind of middle of the road. Um, but yeah, Browns were, uh, were very good. And by the way, just to end the segment on the Browns, their last three games... Now, a few years ago, all six of these teams, well, I guess four, four of these teams, would be quite shocked to have this conversation. But one of them is really good now. The other two are still quite shocking. Um, in the last three games for the Browns is Texans-Browns, Browns-Jets, Bengals-Browns. Feels like 
that is going to have massive AFC playoff implications. And yes, I just said Texans, Jets, Bengals and Browns in the same word as playoff implications. But mate, these teams are all going to be going for it, for potentially going for it um, towards the end of the season after a good start. And I think that the Browns are going to have a lot to say about who does and doesn't make the playoffs and look who they play this year. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. To be honest, you know, you look down the schedules and the AFC North doesn't have a losing record at the moment. No. Now, now, now the Bengals are back to three and three. So it's that is a tough, tough division. And winning you, what you just read out there was only one division game. The last one against the Bengals, mate. Your your outer division games now are just also so so important because the Browns have to be looking at kind of. We've got the best defence in the NFL. We only have to be serviceable on offence to get wins. Yeah. That's, just be serviceable. And it, I felt like they kind of were that on on Sunday. So if you can kind of get that level and maybe you get Watson back and he's kind of not throwing away the game and things like that, it, it, should, be, it should be good for the playoffs, which you'd never said when Chubb went down either. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. Maybe we'll do that in one of the episodes soon. We'll... Uh do a little rebooted playoff predictor compared to what we had before. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where some of these teams fall. Browns have got a lot of NFC games left, which yeah, is good have. for them. It's good, which is good for them. For A, they're playing probably worse quarterbacks in some cases, but also they're not as big losses. They've just got to win those AFC games down the, down the stretch, those last three games. But yeah, fun. Um, did you want to talk about another defence that uh, caused the team to lose its uh, zero on its record? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's stick in the good column and go the Jets because I feel like um, I should definitely go the Jets as defense as good rather than the Eagles just being overall bad. Just to give credit to the Jets because the way that Rogers has kind of gone down at the start of the season took the wind out of the sails and they've come back. They're three and three. They they really they haven't they haven't shut down elite quarterbacks that they've played but they've played them close and they've beat some good teams and none of they completely shut down the Eagles in the second half to which point that Hurts was just forcing absolutely everything and they got four takeaways in the end to the Eagles zero you can't win a football game like that so the Jets defense is just so good I mean in the middle I mean um, Quinnin Williams and then Quincy Williams Quincy Williams was absolutely all over the field. He was so good. Like I've not seen a defensive player against the Eagles kind of play that good this season. He was just insane. CJ Mosley as well as just a tackling machine. But um, yeah, completely dominated the Eagles in the second half. Who didn't score a point? Shut down the what I think is the best run game in football. Yeah, Lane Johnson went out, and that definitely affected the Eagles' offense, but. Still, for me, it was all about the the Jets' defense uh, against the Eagles. Really limited them. I think the Eagles were really efficient on third down. Still, they were seven to fourteen on on third down. That's. I mean, the Jets were two for eleven. It's Eagles had twenty four first downs. You know, ran more plays. The time of possession was kind of close, but the takeaways from the defense were just. So, so crucial. Um, you can't do that without kind of having elite players, which is, uh, I mean, again, the Jets, the Jets have got to three and three. So they're, kind of, they're going to have something to say about the playoffs as well by riding this defence and kind of hoping that Zach Wilson plays like he did. He was OK. He did absolutely nothing, really. 
to to be to be quite frank. But yeah, what a win for the Jets! Back to five hundred, and then now you're kind of looking, and Rogers is out there throwing the ball before <laughs> the game starts. You're thinking, my God, the Jets could have something to say later on in the season. Now it's yeah, I feel like the AFC actually is. Uh, Amazing. There's only four losing records currently in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, I know. The whole league is nuts, isn't it, this year? Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to having to talk about Rodgers throughout the whole season again. But <laughs> uh, it is crazy how well he's moving. Slinging the ball with his little uh, flicks of the wrist on the sideline, wearing his Jets t-shirt. He looks pretty cool. He knew he looked pretty cool. Um it's because uh, Travis Kelsey was in uh, MetLife again, and uh, Rogers is getting jealous of him, isn't he, with their uh, <laughs> their Pfizer battles? Uh, so yeah, but yeah, great win for the Jets, three and three. Zach Wilson not great, but doing enough. But like you said, it's all on the defense. So I want to give it a, 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 a shout as well. I know you mentioned the two brothers, obviously uh, the two Williams brothers, which can, I guess maybe we'll call them like the Bash brothers from. Uh, that hockey film. What was that hockey film? Mighty Ducks. And they, they, they can be like the, the two from there. But Bryce Huff was the one for me. He, you know, he's top four in the NFL for pressure rate. Yeah. Like he got one and a half sacks yesterday. <laughs> he's absolutely killing people. He might be one of the, he's not one of the top three or four, five, six pass rushers, whatever. But in terms of pure speed rushers, he kind of doesn't have those power rushers that people like Crosby, Garrett, TJ, what have. He's very much speed off the edge. But God, on third down, when you've got all the space to run around the edge and it's third and, third and six, third and eight, third and ten or whatever. Um, Bryce Huff looks immense. And, uh, yeah, that defensive line is uh, is so good. So, yeah, it's a fun win for the Jets. And obviously their fans have had a tough time. So it's cool to see. Uh, on the full 10 yards pod, I said that, yeah, three and three is a great win. But for me, there's just no way they make the playoffs. Do you think there's still a chance? Because I, I just don't think consistently, regardless of how good the defense is, Zach Wilson putting up 186 passing yards and 20 points will be enough. I just think any game where he throws a pick, he didn't throw a pick to the Eagles, but any game where he does, I think they're just going to struggle to score enough points. I don't think it helps that there's only four losing records in the AFC. True. But I do think that there is going to be someone that gets that seventh seed, whether it's a Texans, a Browns, someone that you're not kind of used to seeing in the playoffs season by season. The Jets are going to look at this and take it week by week. They're playing the Giants in the next game. They're on the bye this week. They come out of it with the New York Giants. So, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, we want to shut that offence down, get do what we can, and then all of a sudden we've got a winning record. Then they're playing the Chargers and then the Raiders. So, you know, they're just kind of managing it week by week. And if you can get kind of six weeks down the line and you're still in with a shout, why not? The schedule is not that difficult at the back end. So it's got to play the Dolphins twice, yeah, which could be an issue. But uh, I would give them a slight chance, to be honest with you. Uh, there's so many teams in there, kind of in there for the kind of last two seeds. Because obviously, I mean, neither of us like the Steelers. I think they're terrible, but uh, currently they've got a winning record. So <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? They're, they're obviously going to be. Um, kind of there or thereabouts at the end so yeah yeah i'll give them i'll give them an outside chance it'd be fun fun end to the season it would be also quite fun if you got to play zach wilson in the playoffs if you're a team as well so, uh, but you know rogers will come back if they make the playoffs regardless of how healthy he is they'll just sit in the pocket and deal and chuck little five yard slants and uh 
if he imagine if he wins a playoff game after what happened. Oh my after god! Achilles, <laughs> I'm, glad after I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not in the AFC. To be honest with you, I couldn't handle getting beat by Rogers when he snapped his Achilles three months ago. <laughs> after the uh, how it ended in Green Bay and all the playoffs years in the last uh, four or five seasons, but. Um, Final world on the other side. So obviously your team Philly, you watch every game and listen to pods and read everything about the team. What 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 what's standing out as a difference? Obviously for me, the OC change is proven to be part of it. Lane Johnson, I think yesterday going out was definitely a big part of it, but he should be back next week. But what's your view? Why does it look not quite as dominant before they've got to the hard part of the schedule? Because like you said, the next few games are a bit of a disaster in terms of on paper anyway. They might win them all, but on paper it's tough. Yeah, on, on paper, it's uh, it's an absolute disaster, to be honest. But you're looking at the uh, Washington game on the road in kind of in a week and a half's time, thinking that is, that's a that's a gimme compared to the rest <laughs> of the schedule until kind of the Christmas Day is probably the next kind game on the Eagles schedule, which is, just sounds ridiculous because we're in mid-October. But uh, the, the change in OC is... Um, has been massive. Shane Steichen obviously was, was was awesome for the Eagles. But what I will say is I feel like Jalen Hurts is trying to... I wish the offence took what the defence gave them at times. And if that's only four yards through the air, then that's only four yards through the air. We don't need to kind of... Not every play needs to be a hero play from Jalen Hurts for the Eagles to win. Eagles have a lot of talent across the board on offence and I mean, in the second half, it looked like they had absolutely no talent, to be honest with you. So, uh, Devonta Smith, a lot of drops. He's kind of not getting as open as he was last season. And, uh, you know, obviously that's coming from the, the play call. And AJ Brown looks incredible. But, uh, yeah, a yeah, few problems few problems for the Eagles. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough slate now to, to try and figure it out. But Jalen Hurts can't play hero ball every single uh, game. When the Eagles win, so yeah, that AJ Brown trade is going to go down as one of the better ones. We always look at bad trades. I think you know <laughs> Chase Claypool trade, um, maybe Bryce Young trade, maybe Will Anderson trade, whatever. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be a bad trade, bad trade, bad trade." But for me, just from the Philly side of it, like that's such a good trade for for uh, for AJ Brown. I think it was a first pick, first round pick, and a fourth round pick as well. Um, but yeah, that was a hell of a trade. Um, AJ Brown looks like a top. But he's definitely top 10 now. I know a lot of people start saying top five, but he's definitely, definitely in the top 10. I think Harry Roseman will probably have another trade up his sleeve before we get to the deadline, which is only a couple of weeks away. I think you played the Commanders, actually, two days, don't you, before the, yeah, the trade, yeah. de- trade deadline. So that would be, uh, <clears throat> be big. And for anyone that doesn't know, the schedule is next week they've got the Dolphins at home. Then, like Patrick said, Commanders away. Then Cowboys at home, bye week. Chiefs away, Bills at home, 49ers at home, Cowboys away, Seahawks away. And then it ends it ends easier. I know it's still divisional, but it ends easier. Giants at home, Cards, Giants. But yeah, that might be one of the toughest, what is that, seven games? That stretch, or was it eight games? Um, might be one of the toughest stretches I've ever seen on, on paper as well. Like before the season, you see tough stretches. But now, even after... Six weeks, you're like, okay, Seahawks do look legit. Cowboys coming off a big win. 49ers might be the best team in the NFL. Bills maybe aren't quite as good. Chiefs offense maybe not quite as good. Dolphins better than people thought on offense. So, yeah, it's probably the toughest schedule I've seen, mate. But if you come out of that and you have three losses, 
what a season that's been. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like, right, that, yeah. It's crazy looking at it. You're thinking the Bills aren't as good. That has to be a win. But you can't think like that because the Bills are still a great team with elite talent on the board. So, yeah, it's such a such a tough schedule. I think I'm not going to have any hair by the uh, my Christmas day, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be bowled by your wedding. That's, the, yeah. uh, that's what the Eagles are going to do to you, especially in the NFC title game on the road in Detroit when Dan... And Danny Campbell's biting your kneecaps and shoving six-yard Montgomery runs down your throat for the whole game. Do you know game. what? I could handle uh, losing at Detroit. I couldn't handle playing the Niners again because there's a lot of talk in the off-season and just the way that inside me, how I felt when they missed that field goal the other night. I thought, <laughs> I don't think I can handle getting beat down in, uh, in January. There was a video of a Browns fan with a fan pointing at the telly to push that field goal wide and I did have to have a second look and thought oh it's Pat Patrick holding yeah, up his uh, desk glad. fan I did see that it was fantastic yeah <laughs> um, cool we may as well finish off the good section um, we spent quite a bit of time on this one as well so I'll only do this one quite quick um, but for me after maybe being a bit worried about them uh, especially on defence throughout the off season I chose the Jags as good uh, they only beat the Colts the offence still a little bit behind Similar to the Chiefs, actually, where you, the the offense needs to catch up a bit, but they've got they've even more so than Chiefs, especially weapon wise, have got players that you're like they will they will figure it out. Doug Peterson will figure it out, and when they do, the team's going to get even better. But they beat the Colts thirty seven twenty. They've done the season sweep on them now, double digit division wins. Always hard to do. They're four and two. They've obviously just come off the Bills win. Trevor Lawrence did get injured, but that seems to be a short term thing. Uh, he should be back either Thursday night or or the week after. Um, ETN looks great. Uh, Christian Kirk's now involved more than he was before. Evan Ingram's involved more in the last three or four weeks than he was before in terms of targets. Uh, and the defense looks way better. And now they've got Cam Robinson back at left tackle. The offensive line isn't as bad as when they played uh, in those first three or four games of the season. So, um, yeah, not a crazy impressive win against a difficult team, but just for me, the defense looks great. Offense slightly ticking along and it and it'll definitely get better um but yeah jags mate four and two probably going to win the division if not be right up there for a wild card spot and uh the defense is one of the more surprising units from a good perspective in the nfl yeah do you know what i would you know what i like about the jags i'm going to read you out this 148 passing yards 85 rushing yards 3.8 yards per play four of 14 on third down. Mate, they're absolutely abysmal numbers, but they won 37 to 20 because they took advantage of all the takeaways. They turned the takeaways into points. Yeah. And that's that is not the Jacksonville Jaguars that we've seen for the last 10 years before no. Doug Peterson came. And you know, creating the turnovers, you know, three interceptions of of Minshew and then turning those in to points is so important when your offense is kind of like you said it's it was only kind of ticking over so that for me is really impressive to to be able to do that and for it to look like uh, I mean Gardner Minshew was actually having a nightmare to be honest I, I mean he, he had to drop back 55 times so <laughs> like that is a lot to drop back Josh Allen looked the Jags Josh Allen because we always get confused number 41 he was a menace all day. Just the pressures that he was kind of getting, and yeah, everything really, really impressive overall on the board. Like you said, four and two in charge of the division now. You know, Anthony Richardson looks like he's done for the season as well. 
So they are firmly in charge of that division. Obviously, you've got Houston sniffing around, but uh, yeah, yeah, good, really solid win for the Jags. Contract years undefeated when it comes to uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> that is for sure. He's a free agent and he's going to get a lot of money, it feels like. But yeah, you're right. Uh, we'll talk about some stats as we go, but um, people are not taking advantage of turnovers. Red zone offense across the league is down. Um, actually, a funny stat. It is the worst red zone offense uh, in terms of touchdown rate since 2012, I found out today. It's the lowest TD percentage as well for the amount of times people have got to the red zone since 2008. I think um, sack percentage is the highest it's been. QB ratings are the lowest. And for the Jags to be turning some of these games into these wins is a positive note for them as they get better throughout the season. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, Cool. Let's switch it up. Um, Where are we going next? Bad or surprising? No, we'll go bad because you just mentioned it. And I've only singled one team out for the red zone offense. But there could be several. And... Yeah, I'm not surprised at those stats you just tell you because when you do kind of watch, when you watch Red Zone, obviously that's a lot of the action that you see. That it's named after the the show is named after the action on the field, and when you watch it, it's like this is some terrible quarterback play, some terrible play call, and it's like the Seattle Seahawks mate had many many chances to win this game in the red zone late on and they got zero points in the fourth quarter. They was there they were down at the goal line twice late on in the fourth quarter, came away with nothing. You know, fair play, Lou Amarello, the the and the defence, yeah, it looked great. But for me, mate, you can't keep getting down there with the talent that you do have in the Seahawks and come away with nothing in the red zone. I mean I mean, they didn't even look like they were going to score when they got down there either. It was kind of like, did they at all? I mean, (laughs) apart from one pass, I remember to lock it when he kind of got close to the goal line. But I just thought, this is just not good at all. And that that is going to hurt Seattle because they've gone to kind of four and one. And then you're looking great. All of a sudden, the Niners have dropped a game. You could be really... You want to be solidifying the sixth kind of position in the NFC. But, yeah, really, really bad loss for Seattle and just awful red zone offence. Honestly, you felt more like, you know, when you said, like, when they dropped back, you weren't even thinking, like, they're going to score here. Every time I drop back, I was just thinking, this quarterback is going to get absolutely nailed in about yeah, yeah. <laughs> two seconds is what I felt like, to be honest. Uh, and I actually think that is part of it. I think defences are playing better. Um, some of the run so last year rushing was kind of through the roof rushing success against two high looks and all the stuff that the Chiefs and Bills kind of had against them it seemed like more teams were doing it to other teams two high safeties and, and make people run it and rushing numbers were crazy it's actually the worst rushing numbers for a success rate as well for 15 years and I think that's a big part of it in the red zone you know being able to run the football um, but I think the other part of it and this game was definitely this offensive line play is not looking good, mate. We need some more people in America <laughs> when they get to that high school age to try and play uh, left tackle instead of defensive tackle uh, to try and make the big bucks on the, from pass rushing because this game is prime for it. Didn't you just feel like every time he drops back, even though his like, yardage stats for Gino is pretty good and Kenneth Walker did all right, 62 yards on the ground, you just felt like the Bengals' defensive line, which is one of the more underrated units in the league, to be fair, but it felt like they were just going to get contact on someone 
really quick, whether that be the running back or the quarterback. And I, for me, offensive line play is definitely one of the issues across the board, but especially on this game. Yeah, I mean, Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard are a great duo, aren't they? But they yeah. kind of look like they've both morphed into Aaron Donald in the fourth <laughs> quarter. It's just like a revolving door on the Seahawks offensive line. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, you're right there. I mean, bad line play kind of across the league. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Kind of, I do love um, kind of like low scoring defensive games i don't i don't even know why to be honest with you. i just think i just like tight gate watching a tight game or something but uh, yeah it's not that fun though when you're just watching bad offensive play all the time and I, I just i was just convinced that the seahawks just weren't going to score to be honest it was uh, yeah it was a strange feeling and one that they definitely will look at and think we've let that one go there yeah especially with the 49 result that we just spoke about um yeah, they actually, they're a bit hit and miss because their defense looks terrible one week and better the next and then terrible again. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to make on that side of the ball, but I think they played pretty well and I'm still pretty confident they will be in the top eight seeds in the NFC. I don't know if they'll be in the playoffs, but I think they'll be top eight. They'll be in that last two weeks fighting, maybe with the Rams or someone in their own division, but... Um, yeah, they'll be gutted, especially with the 49ers losing. They didn't take advantage of it. Any thoughts on the Bengals? Obviously, they keep saying Joe Burrow is healthy, but and we said it last week that it wasn't the offense still didn't look right at times in the first half last week, even though they won the game. Second half, the Bengals offense was awful, mate. That was absolutely terrible. Yeah, and you kind of uh, that gets brushed under the. I, I have noticed actually, like in kind of like national media in the US, that has been kind of brushed under the carpet a little since they've won a couple of games, but they still look absolutely awful, to be honest. Uh, anything outside of Chase doesn't look right at all. Higgins' has, um, kind of connection with Burrow is not there either this season, and Mixon, is, Mixon looks poor behind that line. So, yeah, it was very uh, humbling stats for the Bengals. They, that should be a win for Seattle this game. I think Bengals getting back to... Uh, Get back to 500 there is a, is a good spot they're in, but they've got the bye this week and then they come out at 49ers and then the Bills at home. So two absolutely gigantic games that they cannot afford to lose both of those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The offensive line looks bad as well, like we said before. Um, yeah, strange seasons. A few teams like this that I think we'll talk about more. I think we need another, you know, we say like four or five weeks Feels like this year we need like eight, set eight, nine weeks, don't we, to fully get a grip on uh, some of these teams. Um, why don't we stick in the bad, bad column, um, and I'll go to Big Mike McCarthy, who managed to win a game. And the bad is not Big Mike for once, even though, even though he win the game, you could say he might be bad. <laughs> I think the Chargers, mate, for me, are the team that I decided to put in this section. Uh, you shared your picks before like, before, and I didn't, but I'm sure you probably thought this was one I was going to put. Uh, Cowboys win 2017, go 4-2. and two. They'll be disappointed with the Cardinals game just because they should beat that team. The 49ers game, that's a team they, that they just, they're so desperate to beat. But to come back and just to win this game, get to 4-2 and two in an NFC that I think the Cowboys are going to have enough wins to make the playoffs regardless of who wins the division is a good win. But this game was so chargery for me. Justin Herbert actually played bad for once. Very rare for, for, for him. So he is to blame. Missed some big throws. 
there were so many first and second down runs for one or two yards, though. They just kept doing over and over again from Kellen Moore. Obviously, the fourth down decision making that I think is a little bit overblown, but they got they didn't get any of them. I don't think they got one. Maybe um, they didn't do it in the red zone. The Cowboys did the same back. Uh, Staley was obviously then punting like fourth and two from midfield, so maybe kind of not sure what we want to do. And then the defense was just playing soft coverage down the stretch and just gave Dak targets to hit at. So for me, two and three, mate. After they managed to get all the way back to two and two. Now they go into Kansas City in probably a must-win game for them if they want any hope of winning the division. Um, I just think Brandon Staley might be on borrowed time now from a Chargers fan perspective. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to go into... I mean, for me, it is a must-win because, like I said, there's, there's four teams with a losing record in the AFC. Chargers are one of them. You go into Kansas City, lose. You're two and four. You know, with the rest of the kind of league pulling like that, you, you, you've only got an outside shot at the kind of the playoffs there. You'd have to pull off kind of six or seven out of eight games where you'd need to win. And I don't know, the Chargers just don't look like doing that, do they? So no. he, he's got to be on borrowed time, mate. It's it's not working there at all, is it? I mean, the run game yesterday was just terrible. And that, they've got Austin Eckler there. Obviously, first game back for a... For a while, but behind that, there was absolutely nothing. There was one carry each for Spiller and Kelly, and just the miss throws. There was a real bad one to Keenan Allen, wasn't there? That's been shared a lot on 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 Twitter today. But um, yeah, I don't like the defense either. And by the way, I think we I think there needs to be a big conversation around um, Quentin Johnson, who <laughs> was just not been involved in any game as he and he was bullied no. wasn't he on the game ending interception as well if you kind of yeah. go back and watch that so yeah that's it's not looking like a good pick either at the moment that no and we, we actually were a bit worried about the pick from a um perspective of a very similar body type to all your other players yeah but i still think thought he'd be good um but i can't remember the guy's name now and it's quite bad but his name his first name's keenan it's not alan um, but they, yeah, it was like a third down. They took Quinton Johnson off the field for like an undrafted wide receiver to play instead of him and, uh, to, to trust him. I can't remember who it was now. He didn't get a catch, but um, yeah. Even Quinton Johnson himself have realized he had zero receptions for zero yards. So um, not a good pick. The Chargers are in a weird place. And it feels like all it takes is a really good coach to get them over the line. But we've been saying that for uh, for a while. Um over to you then. Where do you want to go? You've got your surprising, which is quite a funny one, or you've got your other uh, bad, which I know no, is... No, I'll a... save the surprise until last. I think we'll stick with the bad and we'll go... I'm gonna go I think, I don't know whether we've done this this season, but I'm going to pick a game, <laughs> a whole game, which was the Bills and Giants. I mean, Sunday night football. I mean, whoever's scheduling these games, mate, I don't know if he's keeping his job next season or what, he or she, but... Um, Giants-Bills was not a good game and this was a I tell you what the Bills got away with one here big time to not score on the Giants until the fourth quarter and the Giants really should have punched that in at the end of the yeah. first half that is absolutely criminal to, to run that play not get in the end zone and then not have any time to do anything else that was that's completely criminal if you've not seen it, you should go back and watch it. It's that bad. But uh, it's probably, PI, probably PI as well for the end of the game, don't you think, or not? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I do, yeah. 
but yeah, you are right. The whole thing was a disaster. Uh, I tweeted about yeah, Brian Dable as well, which we'll talk about in a set, but overall, yeah, the game was pretty bad. Josh Allen finished the game with 169 passing yards. Tyrod Taylor finished with 200 passing yards, but probably looked better than Daniel Jones, which is a complete separate issue <laughs> if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, Justin Pugh, who in his pre-game intro, which I thought was quite fun, said off the couch is where he was from. And then he's all of a sudden now left tackle having to play against Von Miller. Uh, and you're right. It's, I don't know if it's the worst primetime game I've watched. I thought that Steelers one was pretty bad. But um, yeah, this was bang up there. 14-9, pretty terrible. But what do you make of uh, Brian Dayball? We've kind of mentioned it a few times this year. In general, of a coaching job, what's going on? What, what's the issue? There's men, loads of issues. Offensive line, Daniel Jones, Saquon's hurt. Wink Martindale till last, well, two days ago, didn't have much success. But what do you think of Dayball specifically? Because he's screaming at people. He's refusing to do sideline interviews. He's having weird fourth down plays. He's kicking field goals at fourth and inches. Then he's going for it. He's given a quarterback two plays in the huddle. Uh, what do you think? That, for me, looks like a man who knows he's kind of under pressure. Perhaps they got together as a coaching staff last year. And, you know, you would expect honesty and clarity like when you're in a room with those guys and say we overachieved kind of with the with the talent that we've got across the board and perhaps that has set lofty expectations that the roster just cannot live up to I mean the offensive line it has to be the worst play in the league so far this season I know they've had like the the rotation but uh, it just looks terrible and I know Saquon's been out and that but you know how much is a how much is one running back kind of kind of make a difference in a one of five football team that looks just absolutely awful? Tyrod Taylor did look better than Daniel Jones, which is a massive, massive worry. And he just looked like he could run that offense kind of calmly. You know what you're going to get out of Tyrod Taylor. He's pretty calm. He's not going to give away a lot of takeaways, but obviously he's not going to really beat many teams, is he? But the fact that he's running your offense better than Daniel Jones would be a massive worry. I'd be really worried if I was Brian Dayball about keeping my job. I'm not sure that there's more than three wins out of this Giants team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're not, They're just not in a good position. They've got to beat the Jets next game, it feels like, by the way. <laughs> a battle in New York. They, uh, they need to win. Um, I'll stay in the bad and uh, talk about the team that you coined the most boring team to watch in the NFL. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, who lost an absolute stinker of a game to a team we like. We've spoken about the Texans loads this season from a positive perspective. I actually think the Texans can make the playoffs. Um, but I wanted to talk about it from a New Orleans perspective. They scored 13 points. Alvin Kamara had 68 yards, but ineffective in terms of um, uh, per play. Taysom Hill has been used as a wide receiver, quarterback, running back, fullback, and a tight end in the same game just to show you how clueless they are about what to do. And I kind of want to sum it up with, with this is the most Derek Carr-like game ever. If you saw the stats, 32 for 50, 353 yards, only through one pick, like, oh, they must have scored 30 points. Look at all them first downs and yards. But then you're like, oh, no, they scored 13 points. He was an absolute disaster on third down, uh, an absolute disaster at getting the play call off. He had, like, three delay games, and it was the most Derek Carr game ever, mate. And the, I think the offense... Looks probably worse than I thought it was going to look with him under center, which is a bit of a worry for, for Saints fans, even though they're 3-3. Three and three, But they probably should be winning the division at this stage. 
Yeah, I think they should be winning the division. But you are there's so right about because you if you just took those stats in a vacuum, if that was Jalen Hurts from this week, perhaps the Eagles would have won the game, but it wasn't. It was Derek Carr, and they let's be clear, they, they never looked like winning the game. It was between the twenties. It was okay, but uh, they never ever put a full drive together. I mean, this was the first week of the season that Chris Olave kind of looked back, uh, looked back to his kind of rookie rookie season. Him and uh, obviously Shahid got the two big catches, one for a touchdown. But apart from that, so so disjointed on offense. I mean, yeah, you, you're going to feed Kamara now he's back, but. That was that was really inefficient. The run game, apart from that, is you know Taysom Hill comes on, Kendra Miller only got two touches of the ball. I don't know about the say. It's a really weird division, isn't it? Because we're talking, we're obviously I've been talking down about the Saints kind of all season. I do like the defense though still, but they might win the division. You know, they still might win the division and get a home playoff game. That is with the, the way that the division is set up. But uh, yeah. Not interesting to watch, are they? And, uh, yeah, this is a really bad loss. They should win the division as well. I know I picked the Falcons. When you're looking at it now, the chances they're having, some of the players they've got, they should. Because Michael Thomas looks better than I thought he was as well, to be fair. I, I'm not, he's not going to be some crazy 1,400-yard receiver, but across the season, he's definitely looked better and healthier than I thought. And he's getting a lot of first downs. He's kind of the chain mover, but yeah. It just doesn't seem to, to to kind of turn into points or exciting plays. And, yeah, the defense is, is good. Um, but, yeah, the offensive coordinator is a lot of rumors he could lose his job, Carmichael. And uh, it feels like that could uh, be coming quite quite soon. Um, I'll do my surprise next because yours is funny. So I want to leave yours to, uh, yours to last. I'm going to go to the London game uh, at Spurs and go. My surprise is just the Titans. Um this was a very Titans-y game with the Ravens, 24-16. Ravens should have won this by double the score, to be honest. Um, but for me, I think my surprise is that I just feel like this era now might be starting to come to an end and they're going to have to trade a few of these pieces and just move on a little bit. I thought they'd be good enough to win the division, uh, if not be close. One last year and the next year they'd have to make some big changes. But with how the offensive line's looking, Tannehill getting injured again, Malik Willis, deciding that he thought he was playing with the red jersey on that no one could touch him uh, with how long he was taking behind. It just seems a bit of a disaster at the moment, mate. And um, good win for the Ravens. Needed to win it. But yeah, the the score definitely flattered the Titans, I think. Yeah, I mean, speaking of red zone offence, when Malik Willis was in the the red zone, that was actually incredibly painful to watch. Like, no situational awareness at all. Uh, they kicked a field goal, mate, on third down. They'd had enough of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was not good at all. Derek Henry uh, popped up, didn't he, for for a week. That, that feels very NFL uh, London. I always feel like it's kind of the worst game of the week. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good for the Titans. I think the division is finished. There's no way that they roll off. We both had them to win the division, by the way. That was just so nostalgic. But, um, yeah, we'd look terrible there. But, yeah, that, that era's over now, isn't it? Vrabel, obviously, is going to keep his job, as you should keep Mike Vrabel in his job. They need a big roster churn, and perhaps they're going to be bad again next year. But, 
got to change that roster now, haven't they? They've got to find out who they want to put a quarterback, I think, uh, next season. I think you've got to look yeah. at Malik Willis and then obviously got Will Levis, didn't they, in the draft. So they kind of need to figure out if it is one of these guys. Because they could have a high draft pick just with their own pick this year. So they kind of need to work that out, don't they? God, could you imagine if they draft another quarterback? Because they go second round, second round, first round. Like, that is a sign things are going poorly. <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is a shame. Because, yeah, me and you both like them. And there will be some games they win. That is who they are. And they won't finish with a kind of top four pick. But I think they'll probably finish with a top 12 pick again and have some absolute disaster losses because that just seems to be where the team's going. But, yeah, you're right. M- Kind of Malik Willis was like me or Madden when I pick the fastest quarterback. I'm just like, right, <laughs> let's just scramble. If I if it's third and forty, I'm, I'll, I'll make a play. Uh, yeah, and let, let's kick a field goal on third down, Brable said, which was uh, which was fun. And um, who's your surprising before we finish off with the speed round? My surprising the the why the reason why it's surprising because when he was in the game, I was like, who the hell is that at quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> Tyson Bagent from the Chicago Bears. Honestly, mate, I was like, who is that? I watch college football like all the time. I'm not saying I'm like a draft guru because I don't, I watch it for the kind of like the enjoyment as a fan. But honestly, mate, I was like, where the hell did he go to college? It turns out he went to Division Two, Shepherd. And I was like, my God, I was this guy. I feel so proud of him, even though I don't know him, that he's made it all the way to the NFL. He got kind of the scholarship offer from Robert Morris, who was like kind of a basketball college. And then he went to Shepherd University and he's made it all the way to the NFL. I was like, wow, he's probably going to start a game as well this week if uh, Fields can't play. So, yeah, he was my surprise. And, you know, his dad is a 19-time um, world <laughs> arm wrestling champion as well, <laughs> which is just absolutely, I love everything about this guy. Yeah, I did hear that, and I was just like, what a fun stat. <laughs> what a fun stat that is. Uh, yeah, you're right. He probably will play this weekend, which is nuts. I, I haven't confirmed this, but I heard a pod. Isn't he, doesn't he lead, like, doesn't he lead, like, college touchdown passes or something crazy and like, for college football and his time there? I know he played, obviously, crazy number of snaps because of his age, but doesn't he, like, lead in touchdown passes in his time in college for all? I know it's a crap division, but... Yeah, I think I think the number is uh, obviously it's Division Two, but he got fifty three touchdowns in twenty twenty one and followed that up with forty one <laughs> last year. <laughs> well, this is the future of the Chicago Bears. Then surely we're yeah, all mate. we're all in agreement then that, that he must be the uh, the answer. But yeah, funny. It's a funny name as well, Tyson Badgent as well. And yeah, it really is. Yeah, when just... he's dropping back as well and getting strip sack on the first play for a, <laughs> for. A t- touchdown i'm just sat at home being like what this league man everyone says no fun league but i have a lot of fun watching some craziness that happens on sundays you know uh, what fair play to him after that strip sack he came back and he was pretty composed as well after that so uh, he got a running rushing touchdown as well so he'll always have that i i don't know what the exact number was but it was something like trey lance threw 600 passes in college this guy is throwing something like 3000 yeah yeah and i was just like how are there not more of these guys around? And uh, there's funny because there was two, the three Bears quarterbacks started this weekend. You had Tyson, obviously you had Justin Fields, and then you had uh, PJ Walker, who they cut for Tyson Badgen in the preseason, by the way. 
and they yeah. cost themselves two million quid <laughs> to cut him just so they could get Big Tyson on the roster. So, uh, yeah, fair play. I-, I guarantee you there's a league that I haven't checked yet that's 2QB that I need to put a waivers claim in for this guy as well because I'll be out of QB next weekend. I am going to have a league <laughs> where I'm debating whether to start like Sky Moore for four points or Tyson Badgen and hope he doesn't get negative points. <laughs> yeah. And hope he scampers into the end zone again, mate, because I had PJ Walker in two two leagues this weekend. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that is the plight of uh, fantasy football. There's six teams on a bye this week. Like, it's yeah, never, it's good, never yeah. good for uh, fantasy football. Um, cool. On to the speed round then. Uh, I'll say the score of the game. And why don't you give me your... Your, what's your main takeaway? Whichever team your head goes to, give me your main takeaway. Uh, Dolphins, 42, Panthers, 21. Uh, the main takeaway was the spread that we spoke about before the game as they were up 14-0, the Panthers, weren't they? After the first, and I thought, wow, could they actually do it? I was feeling, yeah, Bryce Young looked okay at times, actually. Uh, no... Um, no giveaways this week, but uh, overall, just too much power on the Dolphins' offense, weren't they? Yeah, it was funny when you were all the things we say about oh, 14 point spread. If you go two touchdowns, score it's a 28 point spread. It's like yeah, still covered. <laughs> didn't, didn't matter. Still, still ended up covering in the end. Um, yeah, Bryce Young looked better in the first half, so that's a positive. Uh, Commanders 24, Falcons 16. Do you know what? I thought this was a really fun game, uh, actually, in terms of not so much the quality, although Sam Howell looked okay at times. His stats are quite low, but just a really fun game. Ridder was over 300 yards, which I saw some Falcon fans celebrated, but he also had three interceptions and kind of gave the game away. But, uh, yeah, fun game for two teams, both sat at uh, three and three now. Uh, Yeah, a lot of fun this game. Yeah, who's going to win? The NFC South. What a fun, what a fun question that's going to be. Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, Rams twenty six, Cardinals nine. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are regressing to what we thought they were. They're kind of looking less frisky by the week, aren't they? <laughs> and uh, Josh Dobbs has kind of been uh, found out a little bit. Yeah, kind of didn't have um, much of a run game this week, even though kind of kind of had four backs to get a carry. And Dobbs was still the kind of the top rusher, but for the Rams, Kyron Williams injured, wasn't he in this game? Probably going to miss yeah. the next game. Yeah, and he had good stats for this game as well. This, 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 yeah, this, he was excellent. Yeah, I think it's his best ever uh, best ever game in the NFL when uh, from the stats. But yeah, he unfortunately got injured. Cooper Cup still the guy would be one of my uh, main takeaways for this one. Yeah, and then finally. The New England Bowl, as it was oh known God. on this here podcast. We even got the full New England Bowl, which was Brian Hoyer versus Mac Jones, which was beautiful. Uh, what was your main takeaway from Raiders 21, Patriots 17? Our main takeaway is the Raiders are somehow at 3-3 three and three with the Bears and the Giants in the next three games that they've got sandwiched in. They've got the Lions sandwiched in between that, which I'm sure they'll lose. But, my God, the Raiders maybe have a winning record in week nine. is just ridiculous when you actually watch the tape. But, um, yeah. Also, a takeaway is Bill Belichick snapping his iPad or Microsoft Surface tablet or whatever it is when uh, giving away <laughs> sacks. But, uh, yeah. Max Crosby looked uh, awesome at times as well. 
Don't mind Brian Hoyer, by the way, playing for the Raiders. He's, I don't see much of a drop-off from Jimmy G, actually. <laughs> that says all you need to hear about. Uh, but I, I do think, though, having Brian Hoyer and not Aidan O'Connell tells me that they actually want to win some games. I did see a report last week that um, McDaniels could lose his job if he doesn't actually win some games. And Is it good for the Raiders to be winning? I'm not sure, but it looks like that's what they're going to try and do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know long term if it's good, but yeah, exactly. I think when you got there, people like Devon Thames. I, I can't remember what pod it was now, but one I was listening to said something. I was crying, laughing, and it was this offensive line and how long it takes them to throw a pass at times is so bad that Devonte Adams is in the medical tent two or three times a game because he's just getting nailed in the middle of the field. So I went back and watched this game, and I only watched Devonte Adams for like three drives. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like watching 90s football when safeties could just nail people. Devontae Adams is getting killed, mate, in every game. And, uh... Mate, but Jabril Peppers really put it on him. That <laughs> yeah, was, did, a, yeah. that was, that was a pick or a fumble in the end, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but it was yeah. I feel like he could have been a trade candidate for a big, like, and like a Raiders might get a first round pick or two seconds and it could be a good move. And then they go and get to three and three and you're just like, hmm. They're probably going to try and win games now because <laughs> they've got the Bears. Win. Yeah, they got Bears, Lions, Giants, Jets as the next four. They could go. Th- they could go three and one, which would be an absolute disgrace. Uh, I do not want the Raiders Chiefs twenty sixth of November, which is my birthday weekend, <laughs> to be a divisional <laughs> to take the lead in the division sort of uh, sort of <laughs> game. But uh, we'll hope not. Um, Cool. That's it for week six. Uh, we are nearing the trade deadline. Uh, and like I said, I do want to do a kind of playoff prediction or power ranking segment at one of the next shows. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a think about that. Um, however, week seven is very close. We'll probably record on Friday again, which means we'll miss Thursday night football. And we like to pick every game against the spread. So we've got a doozy where you get to watch the least entertaining team in football as the Jags go on the road to the New Orleans Saints. Trevor Lawrence is a bruised knee or knee sprain or something. Um, so not sure if he's going to play or not. The line definitely reflects that he might not play. Uh, the line is Saints minus three and a half at home to the Jags. So I think that's them thinking that Trevor Lawrence won't play. But for me, we can't talk about the Saints being the most important team in football and me slag off big Derek Carr and me not pick the Jags. So I'm picking Jags plus three and a half and hoping Trevor Lawrence guts it out. Because I think if Lawrence plays and they just run the ball relatively well, even with a dodgy knee, they should win this game. So I'm going Jags plus three and a half, mate. But the line tells me they don't think he's going to play. Yeah, CJ Bethard behind that. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in that. But I'm going to go Jags with you because I think he'll play and they can kind of manage manage that game. I'd like to see uh, Jags defence again. This is the first interconference Thursday night football. This feels like a real Thursday night football, just chucking two random teams out of a hat together, doesn't it, <laughs> this week? So uh, could be could be a fun could be a fun game. Could be an interesting Saints game for once. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll go Jags on the spread, I think. Has there ever been a more Thursday night football game <laughs> than a nineteen to sixteen win for Derek Carr over CJ Bethard? That is, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's Thursday night. But yeah, it's a big game. Jags go 5-2 and two with an injured quarterback before the bye or mini-bye. Uh, it might be a bye week, if I can't remember, but that would be great. And Saints can take potential lead of the division as well. So 
Yeah, because yeah. you've got Bucks Falcons this week, so it's... Uh, yeah, exactly. That'd be a tie. Week, be. <laughs> yeah. It's got a tie written all over it. Um, but yeah, enjoy Thursday Night Football for anyone that does decide to stay up. Uh, we'll be recording on Friday to break down all the other games in Week 7. Uh, and we do have some really good games. Uh, Chiefs Chargers, Ravens, Lions, Dolphins, Eagles, and there's a few other fun games as well with some terrible teams that... Uh, we're probably going to make us all laugh on uh, on Red Zone. But yeah, uh, enjoy your week, everyone, and we will speak to you soon.